Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 406th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, with whom we will discuss an actual college football game that occurred on Saturday night. And uh, it was good to see them uh, play a game, Austin Peay versus Central Arkansas. Well, my highlight of the week are two this week, and it was just uh, a fabulous evening slash night to watch sports, the first being the scintillating ending to yesterday's BMW golf tournament with back-to-back putts for the ages by the two top-ranked players in the world. The first was a 40-foot twisting putt by Dustin Johnson on the 18th green to send the match into sudden death. And then on the very next hole, again, first day of T-hole, which was the 18th being replayed. And on that same hilly green, John Rahm drained a 65-footer to win the tournament. And Dustin Johnson was putting after him and actually came close uh, to nailing his long putt. But wasn't quite to be, and it was just an absolutely memorable ending. Uh, there was actual people there, like as in a gallery that uh, erupted on DJ's putt and erupted again minutes later on John Rahm's putt. Uh I guess they allowed some family in for this tournament, and of course, volunteer staff were around, so there was actual uh, crowd reaction to both putts. Uh, the funny thing was, was on Dustin Johnson's putt, which was up a hill and then down a hill, and you really can't tell the hills uh, watching on TV, as we all know. So when he first hit it, a 40-plus foot putt, he literally just tapped it. And I just thought it was uh, a horrible misplay, uh, not knowing how hilly it was. And then once he hit it, you could tell it was kind of going up a hill and would it or would it not make it. And it just got over and then just trickled down. It twisted twice during its, uh, its route to the hole. 
And DJ gave a strong reaction, as you ever see, from the uh, understated Dustin Johnson, uh, giving a, a tiger fist pump. And it was just an absolutely electric moment. And John Rahm was warming up in case of a playoff. He had a one-shot lead that DJ tied him with that putt. And it showed his reaction uh, on the driving green. Not that he saw it, but all he had to do was hear it. So he knew he made it. And off they went to the first sudden death hole. Again, replaying the 18th. And then his shot was uh, up to the green was you know, even more difficult and longer by 20 feet or so than, uh, than DJ's putt. So basically after watching the, uh, completely out of the blue putt by DJ go in and how tricky it was, you never for a second thought that, uh, John Rahm had a chance of making it even when he hit it. And they had a great shot of him sort of walking behind the ball and then just a tremendous reaction when it went in. So it was just uh, great. Made me all, made us all remember why we love golf and nothing like a Sunday evening and, and watching. Luckily, I was watching live. And then uh, just uh, uh, within an hour or so later, I was able to turn into the other highlight, which was just the uh, amazing, amazing uh, duel between the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, and Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, as they staged a three-point extravaganza, especially when we moved into the fourth quarter to send the series to Game 7 tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, as in National Network, well-deserving, because this has been the most entertaining series since they w- since the NBA hit the bubble. It's been spectacular. They already had a game where they both had 50 in this series. And Murray had 50 last night, so two 50-point games in the same series. And Donovan Mitchell had 44 uh, last night. And it was just absolutely spectacular stuff to watch. Uh, They were just up and down the floor, especially in the fourth quarter, just draining threes. Uh, left and right. It was just incredible. Um, so, uh, game seven, I would call that appointment television for tomorrow night. No doubt about it. And see if they can uh, even come close to what they did. And they had, of course, been staging duels throughout, especially in the game when they both scored 50 just last week. So, really good stuff. Uh, maybe beforehand might not have expected that, you know, the Utah Jazz and uh, Denver Nuggets would provide the most entertaining basketball we've seen since March or before. It's the playoffs, so really in a, in a year. And But yet that's indeed what these teams and these two in particular are providing. My bizarre story of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars surprising everybody, releasing Leonard Fournette. Uh, they're just having basically a... Uh, fire sale, letting uh, all kinds of various players go, defensive end. Uh, Just last week, a star defensive end, uh, of course, Jalen Ramsey, uh, talked his way out of town last year, went to the Rams. So 
I was at the AFC Championship game just a couple of years ago between the Jags and the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. It was spectacular. Jags had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, held on to it, and they're headed to the Super Bowl. Patriots, of course, came back. Bob Kraft called that fourth quarter the loudest he's ever heard, Gillette Stadium. So it was a day not to forget. And since then, uh, it's been nothing but downhill for the Jaguars. So rather shocking because they look like they were the up-and-coming team, no doubt about it. And uh, my low light of the week was the passing of first Jadwick Bozeman, completely by surprise late last week, of colon cancer. Apparently, he hadn't told anybody outside his family, so it just came as a shock to all. Uh, we all remember him as Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, hence the sports connection. And then this morning, John Thompson, coach of George, former coach of Georgetown, who helped create one of the great conferences and eras in sports history with the Big East basketball back in the day. Uh, it was just spectacular. He coached Patrick Ewing, Allen Iverson, Alonzo Mourning, among others. Uh, I have family members attended Georgetown. I have uh, a guy from my high school uh, a couple years ahead of me went to Georgetown, so they've been on my radar forever. Uh, and it was uh, just a shock on both fronts with the passing of both Chadwick Bozeman late last week, as well as, again, John Thompson, uh, for that matter, Lute Olson uh, also died, head coach out, at, uh, out in Arizona. Um, so uh, difficult week, to say the least. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in. And I was thinking of you on Saturday night as I watched the first college football game of the season, uh, a season like no other. And... uh, it was Austin P and Central Arkansas playing from none other than none other than Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, knowing you're based down there in Alabama, I of course was thinking of you. Mm-hmm. And AP, what a start! Uh, the very first play of the game, a freshman, in other words, playing in his first play of his college career. Ran 75 yards for a touchdown on a beautiful run. And the college football season was up and running, uh, which was, I think, a good thing for all. And it turned out to be a great game. Both teams scored at the end. And uh, Austin P took the lead, drove down the field, Central Arkansas, then came right back down the field and won it with, I think, 30 seconds to go. So great game. Great ending, and AP, I got to tell you, it, it all looked very normal to me, other than coaches wearing masks on the sidelines. It, it just felt and looked like a normal game, and that's goes hand-in-hand hand with a bunch of high school football games that I watched that ESPN was showing that also looked pretty normal. So hopefully that's a good omen across the board, all of it. Yeah, John, it was nice to see some football, and um, I'm I'm really excited. The November, I mean, September 26th, the SEC begins play. There's ten ten games, uh, league play, so it's going to be a different season. And who knows what's going to happen? But I keep telling people if they can get to the first, maybe three or four, I think they can make it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's exactly where I'm coming from. I mean. I've been saying since the day the Big Ten postponed slash canceled the season that uh, I just, my biggest gripe was that I thought they should have uh, simply 
waited till Labor Day weekend. And then to watch the bits and pieces of the multitude of high school football games, not to mention the game uh, Saturday night, first college football game with Austin P and Central Arkansas. Again, it all looked normal. Now, uh, fully recognizing there could be fallout, i.e., will there be any positive tests, whatever, in the aftermath of all these games, the, the, multi, the many high school games and, of course, the first college game. Uh, so not knowing that, uh, I'll still stick with my original thought that uh, I thought they just simply should have waited till Labor Day before announcing any decisions. And speaking of that, AP, lo and behold, the rumors come out last week. I'm sure you're aware that now the Big Ten is considering uh, a Thanksgiving start that would potentially then go into the uh, you know into the winter and they will play some games in domes uh, Minneapolis Indianapolis what have you so it's all very strange and this is of course less than a week after Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren said the subject would not be revisited right John but who was the person in the room who overwhelmed everyone to postpone the season and and not and not even wait for a decision. Th- those two things: postpone the season and not even wait until further along in the process to announce their plans. Who was that big voice? Was it one voice? Was it a couple of voices? Was it one issue? I think it's that hard issue that scared them away. But here it is. Yes. They're already speaking about November, so. I I don't believe it was a hard issue uh, in the liability. I think it's something else on their mind. Absolutely, absolutely. We we again they've been under fire on many fronts, to say the least, from parents to players to specific schools speaking out against their decision. But by far, the the biggest criticism has been lack of transparency. To say the least, and, and not to repeat the obvious, but you know they they made their decision again less than a week after announcing their conference schedule, amid a fair amount of hoopla. So that's why it caught everybody's by such by surprise, and then just ignited the controversy that we're still dealing with today, and this new rumor that <laughs> you know that apparently it's they're looking at Thanksgiving or certainly January. Who knows? It's very confusing for everybody. Yeah, and John, uh, the strange thing is they had months, quite a bit of time to bandy about their thoughts, their fears, their hopes, and this was the solution that they arrived at for the Big Ten, which is a humongous television market, a popular league, of course, Oh yes, uh, has the big big time teams, you know Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin and Iowa and you know the list goes on Michigan State, all these um, pe- people that you watch every year on the television and draw big audiences, and they just chose to we're going to make this decision. I mean, somebody inside knows the full story, and it'll come out someday of of why they chose to make this. I think hasty decision and postpone, and now you're 
now you're kind of looking like, well, I don't know if we're leaders. We're kind of just put our finger to the wind and engage and we get a little pressure from parents and coaches and some other people. Maybe we ought to change our mind because there's John, think about September 26th to Thanksgiving. That's approximately two months. Yes. Yes. Again. Uh, yeah. You, you went through all these, all these gymnastics, uh, mental gymnastics to, to uh, come up with this choice, and now you're, you're suffering the consequences of looking like we're not a lead that knows w- what we're doing. Correct, correct. And he's new at the job, uh, following in the <laughs> gigantic footsteps of Jim Delaney, right. <laughs> legendary commissioner. Yes. It, it, AP, it just couldn't have been handled worse. And, you know, as a Penn State fan who grew up near – State College PA, it's just, uh, it's biting. I mean, many people were saying Penn State could have one of their best teams ever. I mean, and, yeah, so yeah, that's saying yeah. something. I think we can all agree on that. No, and, no, and the, no. And, no. And, John, you know, I was going to say that it always matters. Leadership always matters. It, it always oh makes a gosh, difference. Yes. And communication. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a reason and these people, parents people are, are so upset. People are dismissive of it. Yeah. Correct. No, you have to have transparency in, in 2020, more than ever in history. Parents deserve explanations, as do players, most of all. And, you know, to hear, you know, the way Nebraska really looked like they were going to go off the reservation and basically <laughs> just schedule games on their own and. Uh, clearly, and James Franklin and Ryan Day, Penn State, Ohio State, respectively, you know, voiced their opposition, Jim Harbaugh as well, big names. And uh, so, yeah, it all just adds up to a big, big mess. I mean, a really big, big mess. And AP, you know, right off the bat, given Ohio State's stature and, you know, how well they've how, how they're, you, you know, always in the running for the final four, it seems, um, call the football playoff. It, it instantly seems delegitimized if Ohio State's not even in the mix. That doesn't even get to mention Penn State, Michigan, you know, and others, you know, but Ohio State just stands right out. Like if they're not in the mix, it just doesn't seem like a legitimate CFP. Uh, it just doesn't. No. With Justin Fields as their quarterback, things like that, potential Heisman, a strong Heisman candidate. <clears throat> it's bad, AP. It's, you know, and I'm here on the sidelines, you know, as just sort of a, a member of the media, but a fan of Penn State. And, uh, yeah, it's just really, it still doesn't make sense. And, AP, I guess I can best sum it up as I'm sitting there watching that game, very much enjoying it. I think they allowed in maybe 400 fans or something. Uh, You know, and again, watching bits and pieces of high school football games on both Friday and Saturday evening and night. I'm just sitting there watching them on the field, and I realize there could be fallout. Maybe the Big Ten will be right, and the schools that played this past weekend will be wrong. Uh, But I, I just... But I was thinking, especially watching Austin P and 
Central Arkansas was, well, geez, if they can get to this point where they're actually playing a game and the Big Ten can't, let's just say, you know, no disrespect intended to the two who played the other night, but, you know, the the Big Ten and Pac-12 certainly have larger resources to get it right uh, than, you know, Austin P and Central Arkansas, I would think. So it's crazy because, you know, the thing I wondered, AP, and I'm guessing you did too, what was it going to look like? I mean, were, were, the, in other words, were the players going to be tentative? You know, linemen, face-to-face, uh, eyeball-to-eyeball. What was that going to be like? And, and then all the other, you know, was it going to be like, look like real football or, or not? You know, you don't know until you see it. And I saw it. No. And it seemed 100% normal. If I didn't know yes, what yes. I knew with the pandemic, I just said it looked like just another game from just another year. Right, right. I mean, you're up against somebody and he, that person's fixing to drive you in the ground. You're, you're going to suspend all your other thoughts off the field and compete. Correct. Correct. You know, was the aggression going to be there, you know, of on tackles and whatnot? Although, you know, my mental image from the beginning of this pandemic was always, and, and as it related to football, was always kind of, you know, linemen face-to-face. We all know how it's transmitted. And just linemen, again, you know, face-to-face, literally inches away. I mean, you can't, any football fan, you can't help but thinking of watching those cold winter games where you see the breath coming out, uh, you, you know, very visible on TV of, you know, the cold air being breathed and like, you know, literally from a foot or so away or certainly less than a yard away from, you know, interior linemen. Um, so that's how I always sort of kind of was imagining it in my mind's eye. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it takes a couple of weeks apparently for these things to kind of play themselves out but you know the game got played at the end of the day it just did for better or worse and we'll find out you know in the next couple weeks if there will be any fallout but and again I can't emphasize this this enough there was at least I believe six high school games that were on TV this Friday and Saturday night as well so it wasn't just the, the only college game that's for sure no no and John the high schools are playing I don't understand why the college football can't play to some degree the, the power five the smaller schools they don't have the money for the testing the high schools are just playing ball i don't know what type of tests they're doing around the country uh, i'm sure it's not uniform so but the colleges like the small colleges they don't have the funds to test properly i believe right but you know and i agree i i really don't know exactly if there's What's happening on the high school level, I was, when I first saw it, you know, listed on the TV guide or on the channel there, I, I was like, a uh, high school football game being played. I was like, whoa, it just sort of surprised me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, and, you know, Central Arkansas and Austin P are not the biggest of colleges, so they had to feel comfortable going in and to play the game. Um well, you're down in Alabama. The game was played in Alabama, so you must have thought, like, was it uh, – so clearly they were able to get 
approval from the state, obviously. Yes, yeah, the the uh, state of Alabama, they're playing high school football. You know they're trying to play college football, so no problem to, to watch college football at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, I think uh, one of the games I saw was maybe from Alabama over the weekend that was on TV, I'm pretty sure. But yes, AP, yes. Uh, hard to believe we've come to the end of our first uh, segment, so still a lot more to get to, and we will do that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked, as always, some college football in the opening segment together, and we had our first game played on Saturday night. Now we're going to have even more games scheduled starting this Thursday, I believe. 
Yeah, John, there's actually South Alabama will play at Southern Miss. That's that'll be at 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then you have Central Arkansas again, and that's at UAB up in Birmingham. And then you have, uh, I think, six games on Saturday. And you have the BYU at Navy matchup on Monday night of uh, Labor Day. Labor Day night. Yes. Labor Day uh, night. Yeah. Right, Middle Tennessee at Army. Uh, yes, Army begins, yes. Out at uh, West Point. Um, that's right. That's right. Beautiful setting. I've been there a number of times. And yeah. uh, so that's what, one thirty Saturday afternoon. Uh, weather yeah, looks great and, up here in the Northeast, the forecast for next week, oh, this coming weekend. Oh, so oh, oh, I'll be tuning into that one or taping it. John, you know, they were supposed to play Oklahoma, was supposed to be on the Hudson Yashore against Armam. That's a game that I, I know it took a long time to schedule, and I'm so disappointed for the folks at Army. They can't host Oklahoma. I know, and considering they almost beat them last year, if I remember correctly, in Norman. Sure did, yeah. Yeah, it was it last year. Whatever year it was, yeah, it was a close ball game. Yes, sure it was. Very recently, uh, that's for sure, if not last year, yes. the year before. That was yes, one of those, you absolutely. know, you catch wind of the score, in the third, fourth quarter, and you just basically, whatever you're watching, you just switch to that one immediately. That's one of those, you know, you get a couple of those a year, AP, <laughs> upset special, and <laughs> you immediately switch the channel or find yes. or get to a TV because it would have been a historic upset, uh, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, so AP, uh, you know, just to your earlier point at the from the previous segment, they're playing football in Alabama, that's for sure. You just said, that, you know, uh, there's right. at least another game being played this weekend, and uh, that's where the first game was held appropriately, I might add, uh, this past mm-hmm. weekend. You know, again, a season like no other, and the first game, college game of the year, was in, held in the state of Alabama. Uh, again, perfectly appropriate in my book, <laughs> given the football <laughs> fervor in that state that you know better than yeah. me. But yeah. yeah um, but AP, I just got to ask you, so the Oklahoma Army, so I assume that's because they're not going to play because they're playing conference schedules only, right? Well, uh, the Big 12, I believe, has one game outside, right, one outside plus. the conference, Sean. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a one-plus situation in the Big 12 because – uh, yeah, because I think, yeah, matter of fact, I, I, this is the game I had in mind, John. Missouri State at Oklahoma on the 12th of September. Okay. All right. Yeah, SMU at SMU at TCU. Yes. Coastal Carolina at Kansas. Um, UTEP at Texas. Louisiana at Iowa State. Tulsa at Oklahoma State. That's a big game in the, the uh, in, in the state of Oklahoma. Uh Houston Baptist at Texas Tech, Arkansas State at Kansas State. So yeah, the they definitely have games uh, that one plus. Quite the array of games, that's for sure. So mm. Alabama, SEC, their schedule starts September 26th, right? Correct. Yeah, they travel to Columbia, Missouri. They've only been there, I think, a couple times. I'll tell you a funny story, John. One one time, this way back in 1970, 
eight, Kellen Winslow was a tight end. I believe Phil Bradley ended up, he was a quarterback from Missouri, ended up playing for what Seattle in baseball, pretty good, pretty good ball player. And, uh, really? Okay. Up, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and what happened was, yeah, he's, he had a, Phil Bradley, I think, ran seven yards down the sideline on an option play or something or whatever it was for to, to put, uh, put Missouri ahead 2017. I think Alabama ended up blocking a punt, ended up winning 38 20 on the road. That was a home and home series that started in 1975. Alabama lost on Labor Day, actually, in Birmingham, probably ranked one or two in the country. Missouri came to town with Tony Galbraith and company upset them. But three years later, they had the return game. And But anyway, in the booth that day, being recruited as a college quarterback from California was a player by the name of John Elway. Wow. And, right. the, and his host for that game, if I remember, was Mike Price. Really? Who went, on, who went on to be the coach of Alabama, never never uh, was on the sideline for him because of the shenanigans that went on. But uh, that's a true story. I interviewed John Elway about it one time. That's a great story. I love it. Yes, it's interesting. Quite yeah. interesting. So, Yeah, so Alabama and Missouri, John, uh, the first time they played was 1968 in the Gator Bowl. Uh, I think Roger Worley, the great Roger Worley, who won, I think he's in the College Football of Fame as well as the Pro Football of Fame. Um, oh, yeah. He played for Safety. Missouri. And I think Gary, yeah, and I think Gary Barnett was on that team. They had a running back by the name of Joe Don Moore, I think. And um, Terry McMillan was a quarterback. And they beat Alabama in the Gator Bowl 35-10, 1968 Gator Bowl. It was then the next time they played was 75, then in 78, and then they played – uh, once I think I think Alabama has just played Missouri once, I think in the um, in the regular season w- with the SEC since they joined, and that was out in Columbia. Is it I think the storm stopped the game actually, but and then they played in the SEC championship game. Yeah. Wow. So th- that's their history as far as I can recall the games. Sure, sure. Boy, that's quite the history, um, to say the yeah. least. Yeah, well, interesting. Oh, yeah, quite, quite. Um, and, you know, speaking of interesting, by the way, we talked about Army playing, scheduled to play this Saturday. And let's not forget it, the, you know, wasn't that long ago, maybe a month or so ago, where uh, Army and Navy both said they have every intention of playing the Army-Navy game this year. <laughs> um, that This was kind of before postponements, cancellations, whatever you want to call it started to yeah. surface and they kind of come out ahead of the right. pack and just said you, you know they intended to play just that We're, game if, if that's all they could play <laughs> um, but obviously yeah. with Army scheduled for this Saturday I believe Notre uh, oh by the way in a sad note you know I had it in my calendar that Notre Dame was going to play Navy in Dublin this past weekend yes. that didn't happen um, no no Notre Dame we're not going to save you right but I think Navy is playing their schedule too. I, I think they have a game. Uh, I think they somehow repl- maybe Navy's going to play Notre Dame in uh, down in Annapolis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that might yeah, have been John, the compromise. You know, that, um, no, you know what happened, John? They ended up playing the ACC games, and then they added, I think, South Florida. With the South okay. Florida going up to Notre Dame, but uh, Navy oh. ended up opening in Annapolis. And they were this other team was scrambling for teams as well. BYU. BYU. Okay. Labor Day night. La- Labor Day night. 
Yes, the tough to keep it all and, straight. Yes, yeah, but, it's tough to manage it all. Bottom but, line, so they got a nice schedule. Yeah, Notre Dame or Army and Navy are playing football, like starting this weekend. Correct. Uh, yes. Ar- Army plays Saturday afternoon, and then Navy plays BYU on Monday night, Labor Day night. Correct, I, I believe. So Labor Day night is the is the uh, Navy game against BYU, and then Army uh, plays Middle Tennessee, uh, Mikey Stadium in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Yep. So there we go. They're off and running, and uh, yeah, AP. It's uh, you know it, again tough to keep track of, but you know we're doing our best and good. Good to have one game under our belt, which occurred on Saturday night, and uh, let's hope we can keep it going. But AP, we're quickly at the end of our second segment together, so why don't we take our break? And uh, a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is uh, Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz, Game 7, tomorrow night on ABC at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, these two teams have been putting on a show, AP. I think they're the most entertaining. It's the most entertaining series in the bubble. Uh, with uh, Jamal Murray and uh, Donovan Mitchell, each having two, repeat, two 50-point games in the same series. And it has just been... Uh, Incredible to watch. Nothing like last night. Nothing better than that, where they were just both draining threes like they're going out of style in the fourth quarter, up and down the floor. Murray had 50. He's a Kentucky boy. I'm sure you're well aware of him from the SEC. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Donovan Mitchell had 44 last night. Um, it's been just, again, highly entertaining. Maybe not the series we would have picked to be the most entertaining in the bubble, but it sure is. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, are you enjoying these games without the fans playing? You know, it, as e- a good question. As each game gets played, I notice it less and less. When there's something special, like there was last night, of Murray going off for 50, um, and draining threes in the fourth quarter like you've never seen. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen real fans. And, you know, a couple hours earlier last, you know, AP, uh, when Dustin Johnson sank his 40-foot putt to send the match into sudden death against John Rahm, and then John Rahm, in the exact same green, drained a 66-foot putt to win it. What was interesting was... There was actual, I won't call it a gallery, fan reaction, because I guess they said, if I heard it correctly, they let some family members uh, in to yesterday's tournament, the BMW, out in Chicago at Olympia Fields. And then you have, of course, the volunteers, the staff. So when DJ drained his putt, aside from the shock of it going in, the next biggest shock was an instant kind of crowd reaction. And then the exact same thing a few minutes later when Rom drained his putt. So that's a long-winded way of answering your question. I, I guess I've kind of gotten used to it. There's some other spectacular putts. Justin Thomas, a you know, month or so, a number of weeks ago, and Colin Marikawa trading similar long putts where they both reacted. Justin Thomas, Alabama boy, reacted and yelled and everything uh, and rom did earlier in the tournament he won with by chipping it in and you noticed the 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 lack of a crowd reaction to those earlier putts but last night at least offered a little bit of a crowd reaction so i don't know you know i i think what the nba has done with the virtual crowd from the bubble has been unique uh and both they and the NHL, who does not have any virtual fans that I can see, I don't believe, they just have the stands covered up. They've both done great audio 
where, you, you know, there's appropriate crowd noise at the appropriate time, <laughs> goals scored, whatever. So, all in all, uh, you know, not bad. Like, uh, again, I, I, I notice it less and less. How about you? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's different, but a lot of times, you know, sometimes I'll just, I don't have the volume on. I have it in the background. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. And uh, right. it's nice to see see them compete. And it's interesting how some players would probably perform better. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. There's got to be, be a stat out there, John. There's got to be a, a stat out there, John. The 10 top players who have scored, who have increased their per-game average with no no fans. It's got to be a Correct. There's got to be Correct. a step like that. I'm I sure. agree, and I, I'm hey. guessing at the top of the pack uh, might be Jamal Murray, who has become, in the matter of a couple of weeks, a household name, literally a household name, certainly with any NBA fan and, and perhaps beyond. Um, again, I'll repeat, two 50-point games in the same series, <laughs> along with Donovan Mitchell was mm-hmm. two 50-point games in the exact same series are playing each other. So, yeah, uh, but I'm sure you're right, AP. There's been others who have just, uh, you know, raised their game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, AP, when it's all said and done, you, you know, the potential of life in these bubbles, NHL and NBA, you know, could be the stuff of books. I really believe that. I mean, they've all done a great job from the leagues to the players and everybody, you know, everybody associated with them. NHL and NBA bubbles have just done just a great job. I mean, they're, they're, they're pulling it off. Uh, and I, I, but yet it's, you know, nobody knows what the life must be like day to day. So I think people would love to read that and hear all about it down the road. And I, and I think it's the kind of thing that will come out, you know, when it's all yeah. over. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too, John. There's some chapters to be um, to be read with enjoyment down the road. Hey, John, I, I wanted to bring up one other point. Going back to college football for a second, I think it's kind of huge news that if the fact that uh, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, has opted out of playing this season. Is that right? Okay. So yeah, we're talking Mike, Mike, Mike Parsons. Award, I mean, yeah, I mean, 84 catches, 1,780 yards, John, 20 touchdowns, wide receiver in the big SEC. Big-time player. Yeah, big-time player. That's, that's big news. I mean, if LSU was going to have a chance to win all their games, he'd been a significant contributor, I can tell you right now. And uh, But there, there's been a number of players across the country. LSU has at least a couple of the safety as well, Kerry Vincent, um, he had 47 tackles and four interceptions last year. Those are pretty nice numbers for a safety at LSU. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the, that's the that's the linebacker from Penn State, right? And that's a linebacker Parsons, from Penn State. Exactly. He opted yeah, out. Yeah, you make a four, four, 109 tackles, 14 for loss, five pass breakups, four forced fumbles. Supposed to be a first-round draft choice for Micah Parsons, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, he could be Chase Young. This year's Chase Young. Yeah. For high pick. 
Right, right, yeah. So there's a few, there's a handful of the, that were major contributors to the team. Absolutely. No, and I, you know, applaud any player who makes the decision for whatever reason. He has the, they have the right to opt out, and they should opt out, should opt out if that's what they want to do, period. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. has the reasons, oh, yeah. and it's enough yeah, for me. John, I, I remember when I was reviewing the Auburn-Minnesota game, they had two 1,000-yard receivers, you know, Rashad Bateman. John, he averaged 20.3 yards per catch, 11 touchdowns. He had 350 yards and, and two touchdowns in two games versus Penn State and Wisconsin. I mean, that's, yep, good players. You know, it, it, yeah. I mean, you're watching the team. You're a Minnesota fan, and you lose by a touchdown, or you know, you have some receivers that don't perform as well. You're thinking about his decision. Absolutely, absolutely. And AP, on that note, we're gonna have to close the show. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, as always. And lending us your expertise. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.